Cynthia A. Thomas is a licensed counselor in the state of Maine. She is also licensed and ordained with the International Church of Foursquare Gospel. Cynthia's teaching is focused on ordinary people learning an extraordinary way of loving God and loving others. Where church isn't a building, it's people learning together and encouraging each other to follow the teaching of Jesus. Thanks for joining today, and now here is Cindy with today's focus. looking at the Teach Us to Pray series as we consider the prayer Jesus taught us to pray, which we call the Lord's Prayer. Last podcast, we began looking at Matthew 6:12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We talked about the fact that this focuses us on Jesus's forgiveness toward us and our forgiveness toward others. We also learned that our forgiveness of others comes in two parts. Number one is our choice to forgive, and number two is our need for God to heal and deliver our damaged emotions from whatever insult or trauma we have lived through because of the offense against us. I acknowledge the fact that sometimes this process can happen just between us and God. And sometimes we need a trusted pastor or Christian friend to pray with us and help us through to healing. And sometimes the trauma is so significant it takes a trained Christian therapist to help walk us through to overcoming victory. Sometimes God comes in and miraculously does his God thing, and we are healed and delivered instantly. But I find that more often than not, God walks us through the process. It's a journey that requires pressing into God, spiritual warfare, and work to walk out the healing. As we move toward healing, God teaches us many character-building lessons along the way and how to be the warriors of God, covered with his Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 armor. We need to realize that how we feel emotionally does not dictate what we choose to do in regards to forgiveness. Now, There is a rather concerning story in the Bible that I would like to address here. It's the parable of the unforgiving servant, and it starts in Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And, out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave the debt. 
yet, when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him. He began to choke him, saying, Pay me what you owe me. So this fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay his debt. Verse 35. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brethren from your heart. The reason for concern here is this last verse that tells us basically we are in trouble if we do not forgive our brother or sister from our heart. Where I see the problem here is that we decide heart means emotions. And while that's partially true, when the scripture talks about our heart, it speaks of our souls, the core of who we are, which is our mind, will, and emotions. So the question becomes, can I forgive someone from my heart even though my emotions don't seem to be 100% on board with the decision? I'm saying absolutely yes, you can. Now, why do I say that? Because God knows our emotions are part of our fallen flesh where we need to be healed and delivered ourselves. We have to walk out putting our pain under the dominion of Christ, and that is often a process. But our decision to forgive is a mind and will choice to release that person from any decision for punishment or revenge, and to give that person to God to deal with, or in some cases, God and the law to deal with. Forgiveness is a decision to not personally retaliate against the offender or to treat them badly in spite of what they've done. If you end up having to testify against someone in a court of law, that is not necessarily you retaliating. If you are doing it with the right attitude, you are just there telling the truth, and that is not revenge. There's another aspect of this story I see. This servant evidently did not have a truly heartfelt appreciation of the grace and mercy he'd been given by the king to forgive his massive debt. What this is saying to me is that if I am going to forgive from my heart, part of that process is to realize the beauty of the grace and mercy of God that he has given me in forgiveness in my life. That understanding and realization is supposed to move my heart to such gratitude and appreciation that I would want to honor God in my act of forgiveness 
by being like him and forgiving others. If my whole heart is dedicated toward loving my God and in humble gratitude honoring his sacrifice and forgiving me, and because of that love and gratitude, I then choose to forgive another and to treat my offender fairly and not take revenge. And then within all that, if I come to my God before Christ's throne of grace, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, and I seek him for healing and deliverance of my own damaged emotions, well, I personally would say that is wholehearted dedication to the process of forgiving others. So don't panic if it takes a while for your fallen flesh emotions to catch up with your choice to forgive. Our feelings are part of the fallen flesh nature that happened in the Garden of Eden. And Jesus came to redeem our emotions along with everything else. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us our minds are being renewed. God is bringing us into line with the mind of Christ that is now within us if we have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. 1 Corinthians 2, 16. We are now on a glory to glory growth curve toward the likeness of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18 we may intellectually understand things about this faith walk before our emotions catch up with the truth that we know. As the Spirit continues His work in us to set us completely free from the effects of sin and what it may have done in our lives. Our good fight of faith, our spiritual warfare, is to put our emotions under the dominion of Jesus Christ and work toward the emotional freedom that lines up with what we understand in the Word of God. In that quest, sometimes my spiritual warfare is to rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus because of those fiery darts he's shooting at me, Ephesians 6:16, 6, as he tries to feed me with the lie that you haven't really forgiven because you're still struggling with the emotions. The truth is, we are biological creatures subject to stress, hunger, illness, exhaustion, and many other outside influences. When we are weak physically or emotionally, we are subject to being triggered by things we might not struggle with at all ordinarily. That is because it's the opportune time for the satanic kingdom to hurl one of its fiery darts, or several of its fiery darts, at us and try to shake our faith. We need to reject that attempt. Not every thought that comes flying into our heads is from us or God. Sometimes thoughts come into our minds from our enemy. And those thoughts need to be rejected in the name of Jesus. So when that happens, I reject that lie in the name of Jesus. I tell Satan that in the name of Jesus, you will not speak to me any further. And then I ask God for his protection, his healing, his delivering mercy. Then 
I pray for my offender. Matthew 5:44. The prayer I often pray in many situations comes straight from this prayer Jesus taught us to pray. I often lift up a person or situation to God and pray, Dear Father in heaven, may your kingdom, may your name be held holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. And I name the person or people or situation and I finish it with here on earth as it is in heaven. You see, no matter how I'm struggling emotionally, I seem to be able to pray that sincerely. I sincerely want the holiness of God to reign in that person or this situation. I sincerely want God's kingdom to be established in this person or situation. And in this person or situation, I sincerely want God's will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I sincerely want everything that is God to be manifested in this situation that is triggering me to struggle emotionally. This healing is often a process. But do not weary in well-doing, for in due time you will reap what you are sowing to the Spirit. Galatians 6, 7-9 God is faithful. We need to be dedicated to keep on keeping on in Jesus, as I am so fond of saying. Now, these podcasts cannot possibly tell you everything I wish I could. So I try to suggest resources from time to time for those of you who wish to press in and seek God further. I often refer you to some of my other podcast subjects or to books I have read that I think might be helpful. Some books I would recommend in studying forgiveness are Victory Over the Darkness by Neil T. Anderson, The Bondage Breaker by Neil T. Anderson, and The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. The last part of the book, The Bondage Breaker, includes Neil T. Anderson's Steps to Freedom in Christ. He takes us through what is like a spiritual closet cleaning to get us refocused on Jesus in various areas of our lives, and that includes issues of forgiveness, which he deals with significantly. You can walk through this yourself and with the Holy Spirit, or you can get a trusted pastor or elder friend to pray walk you with it, through it with you. And there are counselors who will walk you through this kind of process. Okay, moving on. As I said in part one of this podcast on forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, Just because we forgive others does not mean we just forget the issue and have things go back to the way they were. I also pointed out the fact that just because we are forgiven and are made right again with God, that does not necessarily mean we are going to be free from the consequences of what we have done. Forgiveness will lead to reconciliation or a peace in the relationship. That will come, however, with some healthy scriptural boundaries identified and established and enforced. 
Understanding healthy boundary making is so very important. And I would encourage you to read the book Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. This healthy boundary making concept is very important for Christians to understand. I'm concerned we've equated love and forgiveness with being a doormat in the name of Jesus, letting people walk all over us any way they want to, all in the name of an incorrect idea of love, an idea that's just not scriptural. So I encourage you to read that book before God and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. And let's dive in a little here. Forgiveness is one thing, but restoration is another. Hebrews 12, 14 through 15. Strive for peace with everyone and for the, whole, the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. 2 Corinthians 13.11 Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you. Strive for peace. Aim for restoration. These are words that show what we wish to achieve, but it also shows there may be challenges to obtaining. Once an offense has taken place, however strong or mild, when we choose to forgive and be reconciled, we are striving to find that place where we can live in peace with this person or situation. Even though we aim for restoration of a broken relationship, we know that might not be able to happen because we are dealing with more than our own will and our own choices, for one thing. We are dealing with the will and choices of another. Our goal is to forgive out of love and obedience to our God who willingly forgives us and to let God's grace work through us so that a root of bitterness does not spring up and defile us and others who might be involved in the situation. We are trying to find that place of agreement where we can at least be reconciled and live in peace. This is the spot where we really need to understand how to make healthy biblical boundaries in life. A healthy boundary is not established against anyone, but it is established for our own spiritual, emotional, physical health and well-being. When we establish and enforce a healthy boundary in our lives, some people will get angry and say that we're treating them badly somehow. But just because they don't like the boundary we need to stay healthy ourselves does not mean the boundary is against them. But they may not understand that even if you try to explain it because good old fallen emotions are involved. 
So that's why it's so important that you understand the scriptural teaching of healthy boundaries. The enemy will always come in and try to warp truth. But when you understand the truth of the word, that truth will set you free, just like we're told it does in John 8, 31 and 32. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. We are told that the springs of life come from our heart, and we are to keep it with all vigilance. Some translations say to guard your heart. As I mentioned earlier, our heart is identified with the inner being of who we are, with our mind, will, and emotional selves. When we make healthy scriptural boundaries, we are guarding our hearts. Let's look at an example, at an example of where forgiveness and healthy boundaries might come in. Organizations need human resources. People who make them run effectively. That's for any organization, religious or otherwise. What makes things hard in the organized church world is there is an added layer of pressure that I see, that we are supposed to help meet the need and be willing to serve. The problem is those who come to recruit us often do not have our emotional, physical health and well-being in their thoughts. They have taken care of the need of the organization as their goal. I have been in the place and seen others in the place of getting what I call guilted into service in the name of Jesus and pushed so much over the years that some people have actually stopped going to church or changed churches just to get away from the pressure and guilt. That situation can come to pass when we do not know how to guard our hearts and make healthy boundaries for ourselves. You see, every good thing that comes down our path of life is not necessarily a God thing for us to do. God has works for us to do, yes, and we need to press into him for wisdom and guidance about how that looks in our own lives and families in our current circumstances and situations of life. We need to seek God in prayer, asking the question, God, are you asking me to do this good thing? Is this good thing actually a God thing you're calling me to do? Now, there are some who would be very annoyed at me for this outlook. They would say, if we see a need, we should meet it. I do agree that if we see a need, we should ask God if it's ours to meet. I also agree that in crisis situations that are brought across our path of life, that we know we are called to somehow do something to help in the immediate situation. Kind of like the Good Samaritan story in Luke 10, of course. But for long-term commitment, we'd better be asking God about it before we go jumping in or are pressured in to a particular commitment. Proverbs 3, 6 through 7. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. 
Be not wise in your own eyes. James 1.5 If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who generously gives to all without reproach, and it will be given him. God tells us in all our ways we are to acknowledge him, and he will guide our path. He doesn't say, oh, sometimes ask me about some things. He says, acknowledge me in all your ways. He tells us not to just rely on our own insight and understanding. We aren't supposed to just go ahead and decide we know best without consulting God. He tells us to come ask him for wisdom and he will give it to us. We are supposed to seek God, not just decide every good cause that comes down the pike is ours to answer. It is someone's to answer for sure. God will call his servants to do his will. We just need to make sure any given assignment is ours from God in this season of life we're currently in, whatever that may be. In understanding healthy boundaries, even if we make the prayerful decision to break a certain boundary we might have, we better feel God is leading us to do that and know why we are doing it and for how long we are supposed to do it. So you see, even a decision to break a prior boundary needs a healthy boundary. Everything we choose to do in this life should be purposeful, scriptural, and spirit-led. And sometimes you just need to forgive people who are pressuring you to do something you do not feel you are supposed to do, at least at this time. Even if they tell you they prayed and they think God wants you to do their request. <laughs> oh. God is perfectly big enough to tell you what he wants from your life if you're asking and seeking him. So don't get pulled into the God told me trap either. God can tell you too, and he will. When people approach me for things, I do tell them I will go pray about it. If I do feel that the answer is not at this time, I tell them I'm not getting a yes from God, so I cannot take on that responsibility at this time. You have to set your boundaries in what I call a firm, fair, and friendly way. But stick to your convictions and pray for whoever gets disgruntled because of it. They are no doubt feeling the pressure to make things happen and are dealing with it in the best way they think they should. But also pray for whoever and whatever God has planned to meet this need that you know he is not calling you to at this time. It is so important to guard your heart and follow God for where he wants you to spend your life energy. You cannot just pour yourself into every good thing. There are just too many good things in this world that need attention. You have to choose the God things he's calling you to do. And that takes prayer and listening to what the Spirit says to you. So there's a little quick synopsis on healthy boundaries. Let's look at some of this let's look at some other scriptures and talk about how we are to deal with one another when we have some kind of conflict going on. 
Romans 12, starting with verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Language such as this indicates that as it depends on our part, our integrity and motives, God expects us to aim for and strive for peace. That includes restoration with one another, if possible. That phrasing tells me that it might not be possible. That's because everyone has independent will and their own emotional baggage they deal with in this life. However, as far as it depends on us, we need to find the place where we're okay within ourselves to live in peace anyway. That does not mean total openness to everyone, though. We need to be wise as serpents, innocent as doves, Matthew 10:16. This is where to forgive and be reconciled might look different than it would to forgive and be restored. While forgiveness and reconciliation is finding that place of peace to coexist well, depending on the circumstance of the offense, one may not be able to have restoration of a relationship. A restoration can only happen if both parties desiring restoration and willingness to do whatever it takes to repair the damaged relationship are involved. If trust has been violated, well, that takes time to rebuild. Restoration takes work, especially from the party that did the damage to the other. Things have to be established, like honesty, transparency, long-term faithfulness to godly actions of restoration. Basically, repentance and the fruit of repentance needs to be established and grown, Matthew 3.8. This is not always possible, but it is the aim and hope for any godly relationship. Ephesians 4, starting with verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. We are expected and in truth commanded to apply God's grace and mercy in order to choose to forgive one another. Whether or not restoration can take place is another matter. There is so much to understanding this idea and the righteous dividing of the word of truth here. I pray that these two podcasts on Forgive Us Our Debts as we forgive our debtors 
at least begins you on a healthy scriptural journey toward any understanding, healing, deliverance, and freedom in Christ you may need in your life. Please use the additional resources I have given you as you continue in your personal walk with the Lord, going from glory to glory toward the likeness of Christ and the beauty of His freedom to be healed, delivered, and transformed into all He created you to be for His glory. And keep on keeping on in Jesus, everyone. Till next time. And that concludes today's segment. We hope to see you next time as you learn the extraordinary ways of loving God and others.